and your mercy too I must be all kind of crazy for what I've done to you I hope you understand that my heart is true mistakes I made them but I'm making change for you have I learned is your question and my answer I have but if you're expecting perfection then we're not gonna last this is not an excuse I'm just telling the truth baby I'm so sorry for her with a lot of people. Let me talk about that. You ain't asked me this question. I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna kick some game real quick. When I meet women sometimes, bro, and they want to tell me about what some dude did to them and it's his fault and he should have did this and he should have did that and da-da-da-da-da. I always stop them when they get done with their little victimization soliloquy. And I say, okay, what did you do? Because there is no I in that process, right? In the process of getting from, from being someone's significant other to being someone's fiance and to being someone's husband or wife, there shouldn't be no them statements or you statements. It should start with I first. In explaining your failures or your shortcomings with someone else, if all you can say is you statements, you did this, they did this, she did this, he did this. And that's a problem. You got to be willing to say, I did this. I didn't do this. I should have done this. Bottom line here is when you ask me about that woman, I should have loved me better. I should have loved her better. I should have prayed more for her. I should have asked her, how can I help you better? How can I, how can I be a better man for you? Where am I falling short? But no, I'm making, she did this, she ain't doing that, she, she, she statements, not I statements. I should have made I statements, not she statements. And if she would have did, if she would have said more I statements instead of he statements, we'd be having to, we probably wouldn't even be recording this, this chapter, brother. This probably would have been a conversation we would have had offline. But I think if we would have been more understanding, her and I, if we would have been more understanding where we were at at that time, this would probably be a different conversation. As I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one. Okay. At the end of the day, you still had inadequacies within yourself that you hadn't come to terms with and you hadn't solved already yet. 
So there was mm-hmm. still gonna be some type of void, no matter what she did. Mm-hmm. You weren't your best self yet, and we all aren't our best best selves at the time. We all got a lot of room to grow, but at the time, you still weren't whole yet with yourself. I want to get deeper into what your relationship was with yourself at that time, not with her. My relationship at that time with myself was pretty much non-existent. My life resolved around everybody else and everything else. Like you said, you're asking me about at that time. So now it's how can I make her happy? I was, uh, I had just started my current job that I have now. So I'm like, how can I perfect that? Because I had every intention on retiring from my current job. But like I said, it's a job. But at the time, I was trying to figure out how to perfect that. I was trying to figure out how to be the best fraternity brother, how to be the best sibling to my siblings, how to be the best son. I'm focusing on everybody else and everything else instead of me figuring out like you said, how do I fix me? And that's why I'm keeping it real with you. The loss and the breakup of that particular relationship is what spearheaded my thought process is that I spent so much time worrying about everyone else, trying to love everybody else through their hurt and their pain of supporting everybody else and their success. When am I going to do it for me? So you're absolutely right. If we was making more I statements instead of accusatory statements, which is normally accusatory statement starts with he, she, they. That doesn't mean that we would have necessarily had a fruitful marriage. It is my hope that we did. But like I said, that goes back to the point that I made maybe about five minutes ago. That's the reason why a lot of relationships or a lot of marriages end in divorce, because people don't have those, those other individuals around them to help them think, to say, have you done the work on you? Have you worked on you? Forget, matter of fact, after you get past working on you, are you okay with sacrificing you for the betterment of your of your significant other? Did she ever ask you that? Who, my woman at that time? Yep. My fiance? Mm-hmm. If she did, it was in the sake of an argument. You know what I'm saying? Like that's probably went through one ear and out the other. So even at that time, it went in one ear and out the other. You know what I'm saying? So look, let me be clear about something. Going back to that thing that I introduced at the beginning, it's called psychosocial stages of life. My fiance at that time, well, still at this time, it doesn't change her age. She's younger than me. So I'm not making an excuse for her. But now looking back, understanding from a psychological standpoint, looking back on it, you only know what you know. You can't ask a question from that requires maturity and experience. See, there's things I can ask you, bro. Because I have wisdom, I have experience to be able to see, like, all right, let me let me ask Pat this. You know, and I'm just speaking hypothetically, but that's because I have wisdom. When you are younger than your significant other, you haven't been through those things, you're going through it in the midst of the moment. You're not, you don't have the wisdom to think like, okay, this is how I'm going to get myself out of this. This is how I can repair this. This I'm seeing where this is going. It was new for the both of us. I'd never been engaged before. Never been married before. So this is uncharted territory for both of us. And I'm in my early 30s. She's in her late 20s. And we're trying to navigate this space together. 
Void of excuses, bro. I'm not trying to kick any excuses. I'm just seeing a bigger picture here. And that bigger picture came by way of me doing the work on me, which came by way of therapy. So how early on did you start that therapy outside of your premarital counseling? We started it while we were still engaged. Because our pastor was like, I'm not going to marry y'all unless y'all go get therapy. Because I think separately, y'all got some things y'all need to work through. And this 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 form of counseling is not going to help y'all. Y'all need to go to a relationship counselor. So when we, because we was like, okay, he ain't going to marry us. So we got to do what he says. Or we're not going to get married. Ain't no sense in going to her dad, who was a pastor, and saying, hey, well, can you marry us instead? Because he was going to ask, well, what happened with premarital counseling? He ain't going he ain't gonna uh, overshadow the decision of another pastor. You know what I'm saying? If it made sense, he was going to end up saying, well, you should do what the pastor said. That's how early it was. It was still in the midst of that particular engagement. We were still engaged. But as we was transitioning through therapy without getting, you know, protecting her HIPAA rights, and protecting mine, as you know, I'll suffice to say, and for my listeners, if you don't know what HIPAA law is, you should definitely look that up. But I want to protect our rights in this conversation. As we was transitioning through therapy, it came up that we need to go to therapy separately. So we came into premarital counseling together with our pastor. Pastor said, y'all need to go to relational counseling together. We got to relational counseling together. And the therapist said, oh, y'all need to come separately because y'all got separate things that y'all need to work through. So was there anybody outside of your fiance at the time and your therapist that you felt like that you could go talk to about the problems that you were having? I'm sure there was. I don't want to just say no, because one of those people could be listening to the show and be like, well, you could have talked to me. I mean, keep it a band. You might not have known at the time. They might have been there. But like I'm saying, I want to know if you felt like you could have. Yeah, I could. You know, I always have people that I could have talked to. And there was people that I did talk to. You know, I didn't isolate myself, or at least I hope I did not come off isolated. But there are some people that I did talk to. And they gave me the, their advice based upon, based upon their perspective. Did any of their advice or understanding of the situation point back to you being the problem? Did they say, hey, yo, that's your fault? Did anybody just keep it real and check you on that? Not really. But that's because... It's hard for somebody to say it's on you if you're not willing to say it's on me. You feel what I'm saying? So if you come into the conversation on some like he, she, they, then it's hard for them to come back with it's on you. Unless they've been through a significant relationship to be able to say, like I said to you before, to be able to say, okay, you said a whole lot of he, she, they. What about you? Where did you go wrong? And you know how many times I went out? Because I've been here, bro. You know how many times I've said that to people, male and female, that they'd be like, why I got to be on me? And I was like, because I just want to see the bigger picture here. I want to see if you have the ability to be accountable to yourself. Do you? Because if you don't have the ability to be accountable to yourself, it doesn't matter what I say to you. You're not even going to be accountable to the advice. So if you can't make our statements... You're not going to be accountable to the advice that anybody gives you, man. All right. Here's, a, here's an example. Adam was walking around lonely 
on this planet alone, tending to the field. God decides to give Adam a wife, pulls the rib from him, creates Eve. Eve makes the decision that she makes. We're not going to go into that. But as soon as God, as soon as, as soon as God comes through the field to talk to Adam about this, you know, the decisions they both made, first thing out of Adam's mouth is that woman you gave me. So if people, hey, to you, bro, to my listeners, lack of accountability has been in place for a very long time. Very long time. This ain't a branding problem. This is just a humanity problem. You you brought to this planet to perfect your soul. As if you understand esoteric knowledge, you asked to be on this planet, asked to, to have this experience in life. Are you going to run from it? Or are you going to address it? That's where deja vu come from. Once again, that's esoteric knowledge. You have deja vu for a reason. This is probably the first time you've been on this planet. You can't erase, can't erase what your spirit learned, bro. This is my opportunity. This conversation is my opportunity to even the scales, man. To even the scales of my eye. To my listeners, if you don't know what the even what my eye is, the scales of my eye, I suggest you look into that too. You know, but be careful, you know, as you delve delve down that that path. But you know, I'm just trying to even my scales, man. That's why I'm not trying to have this conversation from a space of it's their fault and this person's fault, X, Y, Z, because I realize that I'm getting back. Some of this stuff that I, the reason why I'm 39, I'm married, no kids, bro, I've come to this realization. I'm living out my karma. I'm living out my karma. I've hurt some women. I've hurt some people. I put some pain in, bro, on women and men, you know, because of the pain that I've experienced throughout life. By the time I got to my junior high school years, being bullied all through elementary school. Get to my junior high school years, and I'm like, I'm done with that. Anybody touch me, I'm taking it to the extreme on you. I turned it to a, like, like, like I said before, man, it's not just relationally. There have been different moments throughout my life where it just, like you said, it just snapped. So in junior high school, it just snapped for me. I'm not going to be a victim. You touch me, you say anything about me, anything like that, Getting this extreme measure, I'm putting pressure on. Win, lose, or draw, putting pressure on, and I'm not happy about that. Even to the point where my mother, on some like boys in the hood type stuff, <laughs> I had did something in high school. Mom will laugh about this when, you, when we talk about this. Remember one time, <laughs> I put I put the pressure on somebody. Let me just say that I put the pressure on somebody at work, and my mother. <laughs> was driving me home and she said, I ain't gonna say what she picked me up from, but let's just say I put the pressure on somebody. My mother looked at me and she said, you probably need you some help. <laughs> from the driver's seat, she, one hand on the steering wheel, looked at me in the passenger seat and said, you probably need you some help. And if you want to get you some help, I'll get you some help. And I appreciate my mother saying that to me. I just didn't understand how to receive it at that time because I didn't realize that I was the problem, bro. I didn't know how to walk away from things because walking away from things at that time made, made me feel like I was sucker, a, a sucker. It, you know, I would be called one. Oh, you letting people victimize you? Da, 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 da. Okay. You know, so to me, I wasn't giving no passes. But my mother having an adult conversation with me, even though I was a child, a teenager at that time, I correct myself. You know, as a teenager at that time, her being real with me and saying, I think you got a problem. 
got an anger issue, bro. And if you need some help, I'll get you the help you need. And although I didn't accept that offer, it was one, it was another it was one of those moments that sticks out of my mind. That was so many years ago. It sticks out of my mind like, dying, you know, maybe she's right. Maybe I do got a problem. Maybe my response to everything doesn't have to be aggression or protection because my aggression was my form of protection because I was trying to protect the brokenness within me and inadequacies within me. That was twice now that you realized that you were the problem. Once with was with the woman, college, the medical school woman. Second mm-hmm. one was when you were engaged. So when did you realize enough was enough and that you needed to change for real? COVID-19, bro. You know, I had a real conversation with myself. I ain't had nothing else to do. Just like everybody else. I had nothing else to do but to find me. And I hope that our listeners, I hope that y'all took the same time. I hope that you're still taking the same time to find you. Because we ain't got nothing but time. Whatever amount of time you got left. So when COVID hit and everything was shut down, I really, we, you know, not just I. We couldn't do anything. I didn't have no time but to sit and really ask myself some real questions. And one of those questions was, if I die, because it was just that real, you know what I'm saying? People was dying. People still dying, right, from COVID. If I die, what's going to be my legacy? How much pain I put in on people? Physically, I put pain in on people, bro. Mentally, I put some pain, pressure on people. Emotionally, I've hurt some people, man. Regardless of the section, the sex of that person, male or female, emotionally, I put some pain in on people. I used to insult people intellectually. I would say things to people that I know they ain't know what the word meant because I was overcompensating. So I was using something that my mom did to me as a punishment as a kid. Like, you know what? I ain't going to beat your ass today. You're going you're gonna to write that dictionary. I wrote the dictionary so many times before I got to junior high school that my, my intellect my vernacular was impeccable. So then I started insulting people with my words. Like, okay, well, I ain't gonna put my hands on you. I'm just gonna make a fun of how dumb you are. You know what I'm saying? And then I realized, like, now I'm doing to people what was done to me when I was in elementary school. I'm victimizing people. I got off on people's pain because I was hurt. I had pain. I wanted to feel good about victimizing somebody else. I'm the problem. So... To, to our listeners, were you one of those people that bully people in school? Were you one of those people that ridiculed people? Are you one of those people that cheated on somebody else? Are you one of those people that manipulate people? Are you one of those people that manipulate yourself? You swiping cards, you know you broke, but you trying to stunt. You out here using afterpay, whatever other payment options they got on these websites, knowing you ain't got the ends to meet but you're trying to cover your pain by way of clothes, by way of fashion, so you can take this picture for a like because you don't want to accept that your brokenness within you is the problem. That was another wave that I understood, man, after the, the demise of my, my engagement is I jumped off of social media because I stopped caring about people's likes, about people's opinion about what I'm doing with my life or not doing with my life. But getting back to your question, man, COVID is, was the reality that really set in for me where I was like, yo, what's my legacy going to be? All these people dying, what's going to happen if I die? Now, I ain't afraid to die. One thing I'm afraid of the most is judgment. 
not afraid of death, man. I'm afraid of judgment. I'm afraid of having an answer for all the pain I put in. That's a reality that set in for me, bro. Did I get the chance to say sorry to all the people I hurt? I didn't. You got the opportunity right now. Would you take it? This is my first step to, to taking that opportunity to say sorry. Putting that energy out there. I didn't have to have this conversation with you. Not in a public forum. <laughs> We've talked about this before. No judgments on. Me and my homie, we talk about no judgments on all the time. Me and my friends, we talk about no judgments on. Yo, Brandon, yo, I got something I want to hit you with. No judgments on. So I don't care less what's, man, bro. I've had some wild conversations with people over the years, man. No judgments on. None of that bringing it up later, too. That's the other rules. But we're going to go into the rules you live by, part three, season two. The thing about no judgments on, you don't bring it back up, neither. It's like it's, it's, you had a conversation and it's tossed in the pit of forgetfulness, like the Bible said. Because that, that's like a form of judgment, holding it over somebody else's head. Like, yo, you remember that time you told me da-da-da-da-da? Yeah, I told you that under no judgment zone, egghead. It's rules to no judgment zone. Back to your question. This is my opportunity to even my scales. This is my opportunity to not leave any stone unturned. If I had the opportunity to talk to those individuals and tell them sorry, like those people that really stick out in my mind, like I probably impacted their life in a negative way, I would definitely do it. I'm not ducking no phase. I am not ducking no conversations at this point in my life. If you feel like you need to cuss me out or tell me how you really feel, and that's the place you're in to try to explain how you hurt and how it made you feel, let's do that. Let's have that conversation. But the reality is cussing me out ain't going to change it. Let's be adults. Like I said before, people could tell other people whatever they want. You and I know what's going on. I'm just willing to have accountability about what I did wrong. This is not a conversation about me saying I'm the problem and I'm the problem because of what everybody else did to me. This is not that conversation. But if somebody, if if one of those people that I hurt, here's this conversation and you want, you want to talk to me, email me. I ain't going to put my number out there on this public forum, but email me. My email address hasn't changed. I'm sure you got it. If you really meant something to me, you got my email address. Email me. We can exchange contact information and we can have that conversation. But please be clear. I got the memory of an elephant. I don't smoke bud. I don't drink. I don't have no substance issue. So I'm going to remember what we went through. You know, but that's a private conversation between me and that person, right? But I'm, I was... I feel you on everything you just said, but I want to know if you want to apologize because what you're giving me right now seems like you don't got nothing on. Well... Like I said, this conversation that you and I are having in a public forum is my way of apology. Even if I had the opportunity to apologize, they might not need my apology. You know how much pain, you know how much pain people have put me through? I don't necessarily need their apology. This is not about, this is not about them, though. This goes right. back to taking an I and me statements. This is about something that you want to do. Do you feel that you want to apologize? Whether they need it or not, this is about getting it off your chest. Absolutely. I, I, I'm not trying to dodge that particular question. Like I said, I'm not ducking any phase. If I had the ability to apologize to them, can I send them an email? I could send them an email just like they can send one to me. Exactly. But, Go ways. Yeah, absolutely. Clearing your bad karma goes both ways. Okay. My ex-fiance, I had that conversation with her. 
you know, because I started to realize, I started to become more conscious of, of my actions with women. Some of those other situations are so old. Does it negate the pain that I might've caused them? Absolutely not. But I have at different points reached out to different people and said, sorry, whether they was in a position to receive it or not. I don't know. Like I said, the, the young lady I was dating in high school, I saw her at the beach. We communicated via eyes. Like, you know, you know, you could talk to people without saying nothing. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, you know, like Jay said, you know, I'm like a dog. I don't speak, but I understand, you know, so sometimes you can you can communicate with people without having to communicate with them. Sometimes you got to be the bigger person in a particular situation, you know, and, and that particular situation was not the time for me to walk up on her and be like, hey, I want to apologize about something that happened 22 years ago. Like, that doesn't even make sense. It was just the timing was not right. But I still had the opportunity because that's the energy I'm trying to put. This conversation, bro, it's the energy I'm trying to put out to the planet that I'm sorry. Even if I don't have the ability to say it, I am sorry. And I caused the pain that I might have caused to you as an individual because I was a problem at that time. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm glad you're catching you with uh, Shorty and her husband at the beach, man. For real, for real. Nah, man, that was during like, that was during Father's Day weekend. Oh, like, okay. It was before that. Bad time. That would have been bad time. You know what I'm saying? And I, w- it, I was astounded that I even ran into it. Like, I told my mom, like, yo, guess who I ran into? And then I told her, you know, her name or whatever. I ain't going to say her name. This joint. Um, but I was like, guess who I ran into at the beach? And she was like, who? And I was like, Sh- uh, you know, Shorty. And she was like, yeah, right. You lying? And I was, I was like, I'm not lying. It's a small world. And then later on that night, we ended up running into Shorty. And my mom head was blown like, dang, it's a small world. You know, so I'm just glad that we both got to see that we're okay. You know what I'm saying? And her life moved on. She got a husband. She got kids. She moved on. Dude don't need to be in a position on, on Father's Day weekend to be asking, well, who's dude? And you know people in South Carolina, you know, they, they you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm mature enough to not cause that type of rift when it ain't going to change nothing. You know, even to her, I'm sorry for what I did to her at that time. So let me ask you this. Would you ever double back and try to get with any of those women? The women that you named, well, not named, but the women that you brought up and any other women in between or after that? Great question, bro. Here's, here's the answer that I give a lot of people, especially when it's like about my ex-fiance. I always say no, but I also say that I love her dearly. But you learn Check this out. I really want our listeners to catch this. You learn more in loss than you do in doubling back. You know, we got a saying where we say, uh, alphas, we don't make backward steps. We don't take backward steps. You know, the Bible talks about only a pig goes back, pig or a dog only goes back to his vomit. It's one of them. You know, so you learn more in the loss of a person because it helps you understand, like, okay, if you take the time to work on you, it helps you understand, like, dying. I could have did this better. I should have did this better. Even if it's dope, you know, time later where you have time to think back on it, reflect. That's the great thing about longevity of life. 
is you have, it gives you time to reflect about some things. And as I look back, I realized that we both made some mistakes. We both were broken. But in that brokenness doesn't mean that we need to get back with each other. I've learned more in losing her than staying with her. And that's, not to t- and that's not to take anything away from her. I'm not trying to admonish her character when she's not here to defend herself. And that, sh- that shows maturity. I was going to ask if you felt like you gave up on any of those situations too quickly. Do I feel like I gave up on those situations too quickly? Yeah, do you feel like you gave up on those situations, those relationships, or even yourself within those relationships? Do you feel like you gave up too quickly? This whole conversation is about how I look at myself and me being a problem, right? There's too many times I gave up on myself. Let's start there, okay? So I don't want to... I don't want to live too long in the mistakes that I've made in those previous relationships. Yes, there are some relationships I probably gave up on too soon. Yes, there are some women that I know loved me dearly, but because I didn't love myself, I couldn't love them effectively. So I'm not trying to negate your question, brother. What I'm trying to say here is what was worse than giving up on them was the fact that I gave up on me was the fact that I didn't ask myself the questions of how can you be better? What can you do better? Where are you falling short at? Because I didn't do that, then they were a consequence. Those relationships were a consequence of me not challenging myself. Alpha helped me understand how many times in my life I didn't challenge myself. In life, if you keep studying things and not mishandle the lessons of your failures. If you don't mishandle the lessons of your failures, then you'll do better on the next test. So if I don't forget the failures I made in previous relationships, then I can be better at my next relationship. I can be better with my relationships fraternally. I can be better in my friendships if I don't mishandle the failures the, mis- the, the bad decisions I've made in previous relationships. And all of those things that I've mentioned are all relationships, but no relationship is more important than the relationship you have with yourself. So are you done playing games with yourself, your mental health, um, your desires of what you really want out of life to be able to leave, leave that legacy that you spoke about in the beginning? Are you done with that? I would say that I am, you know, because this, This chapter is a verbal accountability piece. I have to listen to this two, three years from now, God willing. I mean, with everything that's going on with Russia, you know, this is a time piece. So let me go ahead and say that. With everything that's going on with Russia, who knows how much time we got left, right? And brother, you're still young enough to get drafted. So please make sure that you wrap your head around that reality, okay? And I'm not trying to be a bearer of bad news, but... You know, when this is released, we'll see. But this is an accountability piece for me. God willing, I can listen to this five, 10 years from now. And you and I, we could talk about this. Hopefully we'll have another conversation in the future. Maybe the roles can be reversed and I can ask you some questions to challenge you. But, you know, here, you know, that's that's not what this conversation is about. But I would say hopefully five years from now, 10 years from now, when we double back and we we talk about this conversation and you're a husband, you're a dad. And hopefully I'm at least a husband. 
nothing else. I could say, bro, remember when you asked me if I was done with the game? I'm showing you that I was done with the game. You know, Michael Jordan, one of the best basketball players, at least in my lifetime, had to have a conversation with himself about being done with the game. Can Mike still pick up a basketball and bust some people's butt on that on that court? I'm sure he can. But at some point, you got to ask yourself, even though you have the heart to play the game, so metaphorically speaking, even though you still got it to play it, do you still want to be the old man in the club? you still want to be the old guy playing? Or do you want to be the old head that's giving some people some game? And when you talk to them, they can hear the richness of your voice. They can hear the wisdom in your voice. I don't have to raise my voice with people for them to soak up the game. They can hear it in my voice. But, oh, okay, there's no, I don't have no smut on my report card at all. My resume, check out. And that's why, you know, I listen to some of these guys, all this woofing they doing, all this pushing P they claim they doing, all this stuff they claim they doing. I can see the flaws in them. I can hear it in their voice that they weak. And they haven't done the work neither. You know, I'm not judging them. But I can tell when I'm talking to somebody that they're hiding behind their pain. The, the, the frontal of what they're going through, which is, I'm out here, I'm dealing with all these women. That's a front for the pain that they're dealing with on the inside. And that's because I was them at one point. So are you in the current relationship right now? Absolutely. You know, you know what relationship that is, bro? But yourself. I'm in the best relationship with myself right now, bro. What's going on outside of that is personal. That's not warranted for this particular scenario. But I'm having the best relationship with myself. I love me, man. Not selfishly, neither. Not, not self-centered love myself. But I love myself the way I should have loved myself at 21, the way I should have loved myself at 26, the way I should have loved myself before I got on my knee and asked that woman to get married. I'm trying to, I said that to you, but also to our listeners. You don't love yourself, you gotta find it. Don't don't try to find it through somebody else. Don't try to find it through a self-help book. Gotta find it for yourself because now you're accountable for it. That's what the Bible say, bro. Once you know better, Everybody say, once you know better, you do better, right? But once you know, now you're accountable for it. So anybody that hears this, if you haven't found that place of loving yourself, now you're accountable for it. Now this is an accountability. I'm trying to use this chapter as an accountability partner. If you don't have nobody in your life that's saying to you, like, yo, you need to try to strive to do better, let this chapter, let this conversation be that accountability partner for you. Love yourself. Get up off the couch. You, you, you. <laughs> If you look down at your stomach and you can't see your feet, you need to love yourself a little bit better, okay? We got to take care of ourselves out here. We got to take care of ourselves health-wise. We got to take care of ourselves emotionally. We got to take care of ourselves mentally. Take care of yourself. I took a lot. Me personally, I took a lot from this conversation. I think it's refreshing that you could be so transparent about everything that you were dealing with that I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to be learning about this for the first time, myself included, on a few of these topics. I want to thank you for bringing that out. I want to thank you again for inviting me on this platform to be able to interview you. Hopefully one day in the future, we're going to reverse these roles and I'll be on the other side of that. 
But I, I just want to tip my hat to you again for the lessons and accountability that you just gave all our, our listeners. So um, I want to salute you for that. So I'm closing. I want to lo- I want to know what your thesis statement is for this chapter. Wow. Um, it's interesting to be on this end of that question because I, I see how people are trying to navigate around that question. I've been spending the last eight years, maybe even longer than that, running the Red Queens race. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with that or if our listeners are familiar with it, but the Red Queens race is an evolutionary hypothesis which proposes that organisms must constantly adapt and evolve, not merely to gain reproductive advantage, but also simply to survive by pitted against every evolving opposing organism in an ever-changing environment. Simplistically, it means that we cannot be complacent or we'll fall behind. In order to survive in this game, we must attain more success, acquire more knowledge, understand our shortcomings, and apply all of that knowledge to propel us forward. Otherwise, you will have a futile life full of achievements, looking good on paper, like I mentioned. But what do you really, what's your legacy? In closing, it is my hope that this conversation will convey that I am truly sorry for the mistakes and love that I made with women and with myself. Oftentimes we fall short in loving others because we fail to properly love ourselves. I hope that this conversation will encourage you to properly love yourself. Patrick, I hope that this encourages you to properly love yourself, challenge yourself, to ask yourself some of those questions, man. I really appreciate this conversation. It is my hope that this answers some of the challenges that I've gotten from people via text and email and things of that nature. Like, man, we want to hear your story. When are you going to answer some questions? So I, I appreciate your, your time, brother. And this conversation with you has prepared me forward. So I, I thank you. To all our listeners, welcome to the Thesis Podcast, where we unlock the thoughts of time. And in your words, be encouraged. Be encouraged, brother. I know why you left me, but since you've been gone, Understanding has more than grown. I come to this conclusion over and over again. I don't want an enemy, I just want back my friend.